0: Oh. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that.
1: For the for the beautiful spread, again, incredible. Yashikach Tzvi does this on his own. For us, Yashikach to the rest of the chavra for always introducing the shear. It's important. Erev shabbos. shabbos, is a different kind of shear. It's already again a little bit of Shabbos. So once it's already a little bit of Shabbos, you can't go straight into the shear. You have to have a little bit of Nagina, a little bit of singing, a little bit of zimra. Now, Rabbi Nachman says, we learned this actually many many moons ago in our, in our Rabbi Nachman shear. Rabbi Nachman says that Moshe Rabbeinu says to the Meraglim "Kehu Mizimras Haaretz Kehu Mizimras Haaretz which literally means take of the vines. That Rabbi says no. Kehu Mizimiro Take the songs of Eretz Take the music of Eretz You'll say what's the music of Eretz The music of Eretz is the nigun that lives in the neshama. The, every single yid in every single Jew there's a nigun, there's a song. And every single Jew there's music, whether you know music, you don't mu- know music, you have a good voice, you're tone deaf. There's a niggin inside of each of us. And the entirety of life is to find your niggin. That's the entirety of life, is to find your music. Find the zimras. find the song. So we come on our Erev Shabbos together. With, again, sweet, thank you. The food is so beautiful and so delicious. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit of a lachaim and beautiful music and hopefully, hopefully, the beautiful Torah of the Chalban and the Mirat Hashem. Hopefully, by the time we leave here tonight. We won't fully discover our Zimra, our Zimira, our Nigon, but um, emirat Sashem hopefully we'll be a little bit closer. Shabbos, we're going to continue um, emirat Sashem and the Chaban. So, baruch Hashem, a couple of, uh, thank God, we have a number of new members to this year tonight. So just to give a little bit of, uh, a little bit of background, we're learning from a beautiful sefer called Talalei Chaim. Tali Chaim was written by Reb Chaim Cohen, Zechot who was one of the great Mikubalim of Eretz Yisrael, known as the Chalban. The Chalban, the, literally the, the milkman, the, the dairy worker, because the Chalban, this Mekubal, was a dairy worker. He worked in the Tenuva. He worked in the Tenuva dairy factory, and he was one of the greatest Mikubala in Eretz Yisrael. And we're learning his sefer of Hakitsu bless you, Ha-Ki-Tzu, Hakitzu which is a sefer all about Golos and Geula. And we're we're going through this. So again, just kind of like a quick a quick recap. The beautiful part is, you'll see already we don't move that quickly in this year because Baruch Hashem, there's so much. There's so much to, there's so much to appreciate, there's so much to take in, but essentially, remember again, the Chaban has introduced us to a totally new understanding of Galus and Geula, right? Up until we started learning the Chaban, so Galus is diaspora, Geula is redemption, Mashiach, but we've seen from the Chaban that really Geula, or the Pneumius, Pneumius is the highest level when I recognize that the greatest part of me is not my individual identity. But rather, again, it's my ability to be part of the whole. The highest level a Jew could reach is when I realize I'm part of a body. I'm not just an individual. I'm part of a collective. I'm part of a claw. Now, remember again, I'm an individual the same way that each limb has its own individual identity. But at the same time, the limb is really only impactful and meaningful when it's part of the body. Right? So the leg, the leg has its own identity it as a leg. But Maisa, a leg that's amputated from the body, it doesn't do anything. But the leg, when it's attached to the body, suddenly is functional. Suddenly, suddenly is meaningful. Suddenly is meaningful. So the panemius, what it means, is part of klali Yisrael. At the end of the days, you realize that you're a limb that's part of the collective Khitsonius is individual identity. My, my identity as as an individual, as an individual, and the Chaban posits that in galus all you have is chitsonius. in galus. And I must say, this is I think one of the most startling things that we kind of stumbled upon a few weeks ago. That up until we started coming to this year, if somebody were to ask you, what what is your core avoda? Somebody were to stop you on the street, you're walking out. What's your core avoda? What's your core obligation in life? You would have said, would have said, to work on myself. To, to become a good person. And the truth is, that's the correct answer. The Chaban says the only problem is that's a gullus answer. That's a gullus answer. That's a chitzonius answer. That's an individualistic answer. Because when you're in guula you recognize that, what's my goal? My goal is to be part of the collective. My goal is to be part of the body. My goal is to be part of Klal Yisrael. My goal is to be part of the whole. Not to be an individual who stands alone. But to be a limb who has an individual identity, but who functions as part of the total body. The Chaban then went on, this is what we focused on last year. This is what we're going to pick up more on this week. Is Torah of Galos is different than Torah of guula so we'll say, when we think about gullus, or diaspora, Beis HaMetosh was destroyed, we were exiled, we're still living in that exile. So we think about the ramification of exile as us, as, in, as individuals. But we forget that sometimes gullus itself has an impact on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Golis even has an impact on Torah. To which the Chaban says so beautifully that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, even Torah in gullus is fundamentally different. How so? And the Chaban explains so beautifully that Torah in Geula, Torah in Geula has, is multifaceted, has many different levels to it, many different dimensions. There's a panemius of Torah as well. What do we have in Gullus? So if you remember again, we're going to pick up on page Mem Zayin, which is hopefully the first, pa- first page you have on your handout. Yeah, so page Mem Zayin, the last paragraph, last paragraph. So here again, the Chaban says so beautifully, he writes, Zew Shomru I ended off with this at the end of the show last week, but if you think about it, what is Diaspora Jewry's greatest contribution to Torah? Diaspora Jewry's greatest contribution to Torah is? Talmud Bavli. Talmud Bavli, right? is hands down the greatest contribution to Torah, right? There's a whole, there's a whole new body of Torah that Baruch Hashem to learn each and every day. We learn Daf Yomi. We learn Talmud Bavli each and every day. So what is Talmud Bavli focused on? What is it focused on? Halacha. Halacha. Right now, again, we know from Gemara that halacha often is a circuitous journey, right? You start in one place, you end up somewhere else. You go here, you go there. But at the end of the day, The entire essence of Talmud Bavli is Halacha. So it says the Chaban something amazing. The Torah of Gaulus is Dalit Amashal Halacha. Can both say, what is Halacha focused on? What is Halacha focused on? What is Halacha focused on? What should I do? What should I do? I want to navigate as a proper Jew. So what should I do? Halacha is the practical way for me to live as an individual. And it governs everything. Halacha governs how I put my shoes on in the morning. Halacha governs how I get dressed. Halacha governs how I wash my hands. Halacha governs how I conduct business. It governs, it, governs, it governs everything. Halacha is everything. The right thing about this, there's not one part of our lives that's not touched by halacha. So says the Chaban something amazing. That's part of the function of gallus. Because galos Torah is an individual Torah. Galos Torah is a very utilitarian Torah. Godless Torah tells you what to do and how to do it. So skip down a little bit. Actually, we'll say, turn the page. Turn the page. Torah has changed. Remember again, we saw last week. year had the Chaban describe the Torah of Geula. Remember how he described it? You don't have it in this, in this packet, but I'll read to you. It was the best line. Remember how he described it? We'll a little chazara. How did the Chaban describe the Torah of Geula? He al-yona he ma-od. That's how the Chaban described it. Which means what? It's great. It's great. Really? That, that's all? Yeah, it's great. Remember the Moshe we gave when you want to tell your wife or you want to tell your kids how much you love them? I see, what can you say? I love you, I love you very much, I love you a lot, I love you more than anything else. There are no words to really capture the way you really feel about someone who you love. The Chaban says that's what Torah of Geula was. It's a different level of Torah. It's a different understanding of Torah. Remember again, the Chaban said, this is why the Torah has no discussion of Olam Haba. Well, we'll see this in just a moment. So look at page Memchas. Torah contracted. Page In the panemius of Torah, in the inner workings of Torah, there is such a profound koach. Ne'elam It is hidden. Lotofia, miira. There is not the same level of clarity of Torah in galus that there is in geula. Even in galus, Torah is different. Even in galus, Torah is not as revealed. begilu say This is an overwhelming idea because this idea, you remember again, the Chavan mentioned this last week, the idea that we struggle with things, right? We struggle with things. Why do we do this? Why do we do that? That's a function of a certain level of Hester, of a certain level of hiddenness of Torah. You see, in gu'ula, in times of gu'ula, do you understand all of Torah? Do you understand all of Torah? No. But what's the difference? You don't need to. See, in gu'ula, the Torah just feels right. I understand some things, I don't understand other things. It's okay. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. In Gaulus, where the Iker of Torah is halacha, the Iker of Torah is what to do, how to do it. If I don't understand something, or something doesn't appeal to my isms, to my this, to my that, so suddenly again I'm in an existential conflict. That's gallus. That's gallus. And that's because the many deeper dimensions of Torah are not revealed to us. And I will say, the sad part about reading something like this is what? Is that there's no way, like, like there's no remedy to this. In other words, the Chaban is explaining to us a state of being. He's explaining to us a certain state of being. And he's hoping that by explaining to us the state of being, what hopefully it does is it awakens within us a sense of yearning for Mirza Hashem, what is going to come. Lefichach. Therefore, the Chabon goes, I forgot to mention, tonight's cheer is dedicated by Rabbi Yudah Buchwalter in honor of the upcoming Shabbos of his Orus. So, Mamishet's a hachonah for the Hachana. Preparation for the preparation of Yudah, yeshakaach. Thank you. Lefichach. I will say, second paragraph, page memchas. We're going to bring this together in just a moment. Lefichach. Bechashchas hagalos. Shuv lonira pri meir misoch abdus hakodesh. said this is incredible. Sometimes in the dark, Rabbo we'll said, "Listen to these lines. Each of these lines, it's a shir by themselves." In the darkness of galus, Rabbo said, "Let's translate these words." In the darkness of galus, the luminescent fruit of spiritual labor is not seen. B'ziv u'mesikas hamitzvos, and the luminescence, the sweetness of mitzvos doesn't shine as brightly. See, what the Chaban is saying over here is something so incredibly amazing. We know we love Torah. We're here because we love Torah. But the truth is, sometimes we love Torah more, sometimes we love Torah less. And there are many others who don't love Torah at all. And you wonder to yourself, how could a person not love Torah? How could it be that a person doesn't love Torah? So Sometimes it's because they don't know Torah. You don't, can't love what you don't know. But Lameis says the Chaban something amazing. In Galos, so much of the true beauty and profundity of Torah is obscured. You can't see it. The full beauty doesn't come out. The full greatness doesn't come out. Because the light, the true light of Torah is often hidden. So we'll listen to this. So says the Chalpan, he doesn't say it explicitly, but here's what he means. So I will say, that's why you know, you know, we're going to come to Lagba Omer. So we'll say, so what's the celebration of Lagba Omer? What's the celebration of Lagba Omer? So again, okay, so the, the Ramo brings down that it's the students of Rabbi Akiva stopped dying, but we know again, what's the real, that's part of it, but what's the real Simcha Vlach Baomer? It's the yard site of Rashbi, Rabbi Shem Bar Yochai. Rashbi. we will say, what did Rashbi, the Zohar writes in Idra Zuta, what did Rashbi do on the last day of his life? Rashbi gathered, right, his son, Rabbi Lazar, and a number of his tamidim around his bed, and he revealed to them, the hidden dimensions of Torah. He revealed to them what we call Torah Sanistar, later it goes on to be called Kabbalah, goes on to be called Zohar, Hasidus. Rashbi revealed this to them. And I will say, why do we light bonfires? Why do we light bonfires on on Lagba Omer? Because Rashbi performed a miracle. He knew this was his last day on the earth, and he did not allow the sun to set until he went ahead and gave over everything he needed to give over. So we light fires at night in order to bring light into the darkness to show that this was the miracle, the sun didn't set. Says the Chalban, why did Rashbi give over that hidden Torah? Why, why did he do that? Because remember, also, if you think about it, the Chalban says, the truth is, here's the irony. What we're learning tonight, you know what we're learning tonight? You know what we're learning? This is the Torah of gaula mm-hmm. This is the Gula. You thought what you were feeling was the schnitzel and the chili. Right? That's, that may be what you're feeling, right? right? But Lamaisa, but what your Neshama is feeling is we're stepping into a realm that's a different kind of place. We're, 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 we're stepping into Torah that, that, that's very, it's, it's, there's something very different happening over here. And the Chaban says Rashbi came along and Rashbi said, we can't survive the Golos. Without tapping into the hidden dimensions of Torah. We, we have to. Rashbi says, I know, I know it's off limits. It's not here. This is for the Torah for Geula. But Rashbi made a calculated decision to say, this has to be revealed. Rabbi Shimon Ba Yochai, who lived through some of the darkest chapters of Jewish history, he says, this has to be revealed. Rabbi Shimon Ba Yochai, who saw what the Romans did to the Jewish people, he said, this has to be revealed. Because if if Jews don't have the ability to at least connect with some pieces of the Torah of Geula, then Torah Matheh Am Yisrael Matheh and so Rashbi delves in. So he says that's why Chach, Chachme Yisrael, the great Torah sages throughout the generations, have like pulled out little little buckets like little bits of Torah Sanistar, little bits of the Torah of Geula, to sustain the Jew in Galus over the course of this long night. Lidlos meotros hasod. To literally draw Torah from the storehouses of Sod. Sod literally means a secret, but it means the hidden dimensions of Torah. Esma Sidos, or Ha'olam Abba, Ha'elaf Es Yisrael Mitzvos, this is incredible. So Chaban says on one hand, the Torah of Gula, the hidden dimensions of Torah, are obscured from us during Galus. On the other hand, the great tzaddikim of each generation have the ability to pull out some of that Torah, some of that Torah, Sanistar, to be able to go ahead and sustain us. He goes on, Shabos said, get ready, look what the Chaban says, and he restates that which he said last week. Just understand, when the Beis Hamikdash was in existence, and we'll say, and when we were living in a state of Geula, and Cloud Yisrael was in a state of Ruchnius that was appropriate, lo ledaber al Olam Haba. And we'll say, there was not a need for a discussion about Olam Haba, the world to come, when the Beis HaMikdash stood and we were living in a state of Geula. lo tachlis there was no need for a discussion about the reasons why we do things. We both say, why not? Why not? Why was there no discussion of olam Habah? Why was there no discussion of reasons for me? It's just, why not? Why not? We didn't need it. It, it was clear. we we'll both say, I want, to be, I, want, I want to be clear. The clarity doesn't mean that everyone understood everything. But you don't have to understand. We'll say, I'll tell you something amazing. I, was, I, was, I always try, like, for Dafiyomi. it never usually works. But I try to chazer. Yeah. Actually, never works. But but today I decided, you know what? Once again, one of my one of my starts on the project. So I, I was looking at, at Tainus a little bit, and actually I had like t- fifteen minutes in between things. So I was looking at Tainus, and, and there's a beautiful gemara on, on Daf Dalit, and I realized like the hashgachah of seeing this gemara in in, in, in kind of is close connection to the what to what the Chalban is saying. So the gemara says as follows: the gemara, listen to this Dalit Amadalef all the way on the top. Amarava So I will say, so listen to this. Torah says, says, if you see a Tamut Chacham who gets upset, Marascha gets upset, know that it's the Torah inside of him that's making him upset. That's what the Gemara says. Torah is compared to fire. Just like fire is passionate. So if you see a Talmud Chachem who gets upset, who gets upset, it's not that he has bad midos. It's the Torah that's driving his passion. And Rashi says, what what does that mean? So Rashi says something incredible. Rashi says over here, he says, Torah Gives one a sensitivity. Torah endows you with a sensitivity. we we'll say, we know this. How do we know this? Because L'maysa, you feel different after you learn. Right? I don't have to explain this to We know it. We know it. I sit down, I learn. It, actually, it doesn't even matter what you're learning. It doesn't make any difference. I feel different after I learn Torah. So Rashi says over here, because that's because when you learn Torah, when you learn Torah, ultimately, again, the Gemara says, Rashi says that what? Sh'yesh rochav Torah creates a sensitivity. When you learn Torah, you become a more sensitive person. So the Gemara actually goes on to say, the Gemara actually goes on to say, by the way, so tamid Chachamim often get angry because they're overly sensitive. Why are they overly sensitive? Because they learn Torah. So the next line of the Gemara is, by the way, a Tamid Chacham has to be Kasha kebarzal tam has to be strong like iron. Or in other words, have a tough skin. Got to have a thick skin. Got to have a thick skin. Torah makes you very sensitive. You have to have a thick skin in order to be able to handle your sensitivity. So I was talking about this gemara with someone, actually with Shuabir. I was talking about this schema with Shuabir. And he asked the good shaila. He said to me, he said, so is that, it was such a, it was such a great shaila? he said, is that only if you understand what you're learning? Notice how does Torah create sensitivity? How does Torah create sensitivity? Is it that because I know more, therefore I'm more sensitive? Like like what's the dynamic? So I thought about this a second, I, I remember there's another beautiful piece by Rabbi Nachman. So let's listen to this. This is pretty wild. And and if you if you are Hasidically challenged, you are going to find what I'm about to say terribly offensive. Terribly <laughs> offensive. So I say so now listen to this. So Rabbi Nachman says, if you're learning something and you don't understand it, and you don't understand it, what should you do? Rabbi says, move on. Now, that's offensive to anyone who's gone to yeshiva, okay. right? Because, right, why, what's the badge of courage in yeshiva? I spent 14 and a half years on a Rashi, right? <laughs> I, I, that, that's like, mamish. You, you should know. Chaim says, there's a concept of batala by also. Sometimes a person gets too involved in something and it is time to move on. Chaim Valashner wouldn't exactly agree with Rabbi Nachman. But, but Rabbi Nachman says, if you don't understand something, move on. <laughs> the Rabbi says, you'll understand it the next time around. Next time around. Now, that's Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi Nachman reviewed all of Shulchan Arach once a month. Once a month. So you'll get, it, you'll get it the next time around. Don't worry about it. So it always bothered me. I never understood. I don't understand a lot of things Rabbi Nachman says. But I never understood this piece because it seems to be antithetical. I don't understand something. Plug away at it. It's okay, you want to say don't plug away at it forever. But what do you mean just move on? And what Rabbi Nachman is saying is something so incredibly profound. He's saying we often look at Torah as a body of knowledge. And therefore, Torah is only meaningful, if what? If what? If you understand it. If I don't understand what I'm learning, so that's, that's a brachal of a Well, what, what, what am I doing? And the Rebbe says, you're missing the point. What's Torah? Torah is a relationship with the shel olam. Torah supposed to say, you know one of the greatest differences between dating and marriage well, for many couples, is that they liked each other during dating. It's a different discussion, right? Say, so, 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 again, one of the most profound differences, will say, you know, when, when, when someone's dating, right, what's the one thing people on a date are most nervous about? One thing they're most nervous about? Quiet, right? Awkward silence. Awkward silence. They'll say, what's the hallmark of a great marriage? One of the things of a great marriage? You could just sit next to your spouse. You just sit next to your spouse. We don't have to talk about anything, right? And the truth is, hopefully, in a, in a good relationship, there's just an enjoyment of being with each other. We're not talking about anything. We're not doing anything. You're sitting here. I'm sitting here. But, but because, because there's a loving relationship, therefore, again, we, we just enjoy. So the Rebbe says, what's Torah? Torah is a relationship with the Rebun shalom When I open up my, see, when I open up my gemara, open up my Chaban, or whatever it is I'm opening up, I'm sitting with the ribono shalolom. So if I understand what I'm learning, that's great. There's a great dialogue. There's a meaningful conversation. This is fantastic. But even if I don't understand what it is that I'm learning, I'm spending time with my father. I'm spending time with the ribono shalolom. Spending time with my God. I have a, a long time of mine who I started, I, I introduced him to Kedushas Levy, Treblevy Tsekaberdichev. And he started, and he called me up on Arab Shabbos. He's like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. He said to me, I don't understand half of the things that I'm learning in here. And I said, Either do I.
0: But isn't it great?
1: Isn't it great? Who says you have to understand? Who's, we, we forget that sometimes there is a beautiful piece of opening up a Kiddusha Slavi, reading the words of a tzaddik. You'll get what you get, but at the end of the day, I'm spending a few moments with the Rebun I'm uh, spending a few moments with the neshama of the tzaddik. I'm just not about saying, I want to be clear. I'm not advocating for a lack of comprehension, right? I'm not advocating. We should, of course, we try to understand everything. Always try to understand. But there's a dynamic of Torah I'm just, oh my gosh, I'm just connecting with that Kodesh. I'm just spending time with the Rebun sholom. We'll say, you know, when you're with someone who you love, and you know that you have, just, you have time with them, it doesn't matter what you're doing, what you're talking about. It, it's such a machiah. See so every single time I learn Torah, I'm spending time with my God, and he's spending time with me. So I think what the Chaban is describing of Reb is that feeling of spending time with the Ribbon where like in those moments where everything makes sense, even if I don't have a clue about what's going on, that's ga'ula. That's gula. It's those moments where I recognize that I'm in a relationship and everything is clear. What do I understand? I understand very little, very little. But at the end of the day, it's amazing how sometimes you can understand very little and yet still be so content. You know, it reminds you. one more piece and we'll go on. Mm-hmm. Rabbi Nachman says, Rabbi Nachman says so beautifully, we should read Rabbi Nachman, sure, maybe heard. Rabbi Nachman says, do you know why we cover our eyes during Shema? Because the Rebbe says so beautifully, sometimes you have to close your eyes in order to really see the world and yourself as you really are. Sometimes we think what we see is the reality. And meanwhile, what we actually see with our eyes is so skewed and so corrupted and so warped. Sometimes the only way to really see is to close everything off. And that's what the Chaban is describing over here. So in Geula, there's no discussion of Olam Haba because I don't need it. I mean, I believe in Olam Haba, but that, that's not material right now. That doesn't matter. I have clarity. There's not a discussion about reasons for mitzvahs because they don't really matter, right? And the reasons don't matter. I'm doing it because this is a relationship. So the Chavan goes on. He says, Everything was alive. Everything was clear. And ultimately again, the richness, the sweetness of Torah, the beauty of Torah shone forth in every corner. Ach, but now when the Basemitish was destroyed and we were sent into Gallus and the world became darker. So let's listen to this. The Chaban says, Do you know when Olam Haba was introduced into the Jewish lexicon? Do you know when it was introduced? Gallus. No one ever spoke about the world to come when the Beis Hamikdash was standing and things were good, no one ever spoke about it. Do you know why? No one needed it. But now in Gullus, Olam Haba is a big thing. Olam Haba is a big thing. Because what is Olam Haba essentially? Olam Haba is the light at the end of the tunnel. Right, All of Mahaba is like what allows the Jew and what has allowed the Jew but say throughout the generations to be able to say as difficult as things may be right now. This is not the end of the road. There's something beautiful and tremendous. waiting for me. Th- that's a new discussion. That's a Gullah discussion. Because in Gullah, you just don't need it. Everything is so clear. He goes on. He says, because the discussion of Olam Haba was there to describe a future existence. Ultimately, again, to go ahead and strengthen broken bodies. Geula doesn't require a discussion of reasons. Geula doesn't require a discussion of Olam Haba because Geula is so clear. Geula, everything makes so much sense. In Geula, Torah, Mitzvot, so my opportunity just to spend time with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I don't need any light at the end of the tunnel because I'm already basking in the light. Page Memtes. Kach okay. So what says, here's what happens. Remember again, the Chaban explained that what's So, remember again, Geula, Geula is an intact body. What happens in gallus? The limbs become separated from the body. As a result, Torah has to change as well, so to speak. Right? Torah has to evolve. Because now it's not a Torah that sustains the body. But rather, what is it? What is it? A Torah that what? That sustains the limbs. The separate limbs. And each limb now has to figure out how to function as a, as, as a distinct part apart from the body. So the Torah fundamentally changes. So we'll say this is an incredible thing. Essentially what the Chaban says is there's a Torah of the body. When the body is intact, there's a Torah that nourishes and sustains the body. That's the Torah of Geula. Galus is when the limbs are separated off the body. Well now each limb needs something different. There's there's not one form of sustenance. Now suddenly again, Torah changes. You understand when I say change, I I don't mean like in a comprehensive way, but the form of it, right? The way it's distilled down to us, the way it's delivered is fundamentally different because now each individual limb needs something different than the body. Torah zu mechulam achashachim. So let's skip a little bit. Let's skip a little bit. Actually, skip. Let's, let's turn to the next section. Let's, let's begin just a few moments because again, the Chalban goes on. You get the idea. So I'll say. So take a look. This is page Nun. Imkain begalus hisparanu leresisim. Therefore, says the Chalban. We know that in Galus, we've kind of been broken apart into pieces. Now I'll say. I, I just want to point out. You know, as I was as I was looking at this today, I hope that the chevra doesn't find this depressing. It's not depressing. It's not depressing. I will say, what it is, is it's real. It's real. And I can tell you, since learning this Safer, this is, I can say, like the first time in my life that I developed a real yearning and desire for Mashiach. Because the Chaban paints a picture of, because let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest, right? We're amongst friends. We're amongst friends here. We'll say, you know, when we speak about, like, Mashiach, Mashiach, right, And this spiritual existence, or like when the Rambam describes Olam Haba, right? How does Rambam describe Olam Haba? The righteous sit, the righteous sit, their crown is on their head, and they're soaking in the Shekhinah, right? And you read that, and you learn it. And what's your reaction? Well, I want to look from. So my reaction is, wow, wow, that's incredible. What am I thinking? Is there there like a pool table? Like, is there there like a flat screen? Like, like like are we just sitting? Are we just sitting for eternity looking at God? Like, is that, is that the entirety of it? We'll say because deep down, deep down, it's not so pasha we want gu'ula. And the reason it's not pasha that we want gu'ula is because we don't know what gu'ula is. Like, I, it's hard to yearn for something you don't know. And the truth is, if you ask me, like, am I ready for a fully spiritual experience, fully spiritual, all spiritual, all spirituality all the time? I don't know, you know, maybe four to seven days a week is good. You know, I, I, I don't know. Like, like, that's a lot of ruchmias. That's a lot of rochnias to ingest. So we'll say, the Chaban paints such a different picture. It's a regular world. It's a regular world. But imagine living without your spiritual challenges. <coughs> imagine raising our children in a world where their values weren't challenged. Imagine... Just being able to accept Torah and mitzvahs for what they are and not feeling the constant tug of war in my neshama. This does make sense. This doesn't make sense. Well, how does this align this? And this is that. And this is outdated. And this is archaic. And this is misogynistic. And this is that. And all the labels that people love to put on our Torah, Kedosh, which are so blatantly false. But that's gullus. That's gullus. So imagine living in a world where Ruchnius is just clear. It's clear. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is clear. Torah is clear. Mitzvot are clear. My relationship with Hashem is clear. I'm still going to work, at least according to many opinions. Right? I'm still paying my bills. There's still a lot of regular life. But my Ruhnius is no longer a challenge. I will say that's What's a good rule. I'm sorry? What's the point of living? No, no. Because there's always, a, there's always still a Yetzirah Right? You still have the Khira I'm sorry? It's still a challenge. There's still challenge. 100%. There's a clarity with the, the, the ch- Correct. Same, same but, but the point is you're better armed to meet those challenges because the clarity is so much more present. Now again, there's a whole discussion in general about what happens to the eighth in the, in the Messianic era. Like, what happens to the, to the inclinations that we have when in, in he Mashiach? Okay, I don't know, maybe he'll discuss that. But look what he writes. He says, he goes on. He says, just do another line, then we'll, then we'll sing one more song, then we'll stop for tonight. He says, Right, we've been broken up into pieces. Now, here's what's happened. See, if galus is the death of the body, essentially, or more appropriately stated, the separation of the limbs of the body. So, what's happened in galus? We we'll both say we're still from. We're still from, right? There is such a proliferation of Torah, proliferation of yeshivas. Today, like, essentially in our age, we live like in a golden age of Yiddishkeit. It's an incredible, I mean, from like access to Torah. So, what's changed? What's changed? It's every man for himself. That's what's changed. In other words, when I, say, I mean like, you no, know, we congregate with our groups, right? We have our friends, we have our kehilas, we have this. But the truth is, the truth is, he says, everybody is worried about their own ruchnius. That's what galus is. Galus is the chitsonius. I'm worried about making me the best version of me. Okay. So we'll say, as now the Chaban, now we're going to go to the shift. At least we'll, we'll, we'll mention it this week, but we're going to do it next week. So really every year up until now, the Chaban has been laying out for us. The distinction between Gullus and Gula, Panemius and Chitsonius. And now we just spent the last two years focusing on the difference between Torah of Gullus and Torah and Gula. And we we'll say, now what's the Shaila? How do we transition from Gullus into Gula? So now, we'll say, I've, I've, I, now I, I've tasted the sweet waters of the Chalban, right? I, I've tasted the waters of the Chalban. Right? You could even drink it, even while you're flesh right? You could drink the sweet waters of the Chalban. So i we'll say, so now, now I've seen this. And so now what? Now what? I want this. I want this. I don't want to sit and wait for Mashiach to come, for Gula to come in order to experience this Torah of Gula. I don't want to sit and wait for Mashiach to come in order to somehow stop being a Chitzoni Jew and becoming a Panimi Jew. I want to figure out how to find my Panimius now. I want to figure out how to be part of the collective now. I want to figure out how to access the beautiful hidden dimensions of Torah now. But look what the Chaban says. Ve'ulam. Second paragraph, page none. But it's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult to leave the small-mindedness of galus. It's difficult to leave the small-mindedness of penimius and to become something bigger than just the person who's focused on himself. Why? Look what the Chaban says. We've been in Godless for two thousand years more than two thousand years more than two thousand years we've been in gallus. we'll say you know we can relate this let's say you see how people have changed over the pandemic right how long has the pandemic been going on seven years eight years right <laughs> hey so let's say so so, now, so remember again you see how two years in all seriousness two years look how much people have changed right we all know people who have like literally gone crazy they've gone off the deep end like like literally have lost their mind about how to live normal lives. And by the way, they're fully prepared. They're fully prepared to to live like in a bubble. I may have asked them, if that's what it takes to quote unquote, which is what? Again, a person has to take precautions, a person has to be normal. So it's two years. That's a change that's affected in two years. Can you imagine, says the Chabana, change that occurs and is reinforced over 2,000 years. 2,000 years. That's not an easy behavior to change. He says <laughs> The gallos mindset, the All of these things have been reinforced within us for 2000 years. The And ultimately again he says, it's very difficult to shake these things. Kach. <laughs> so it says the Chavan something the that's why, very often, when we learn Chassidus, when we learn Chassidus, right, we learn it and we say, oh, very nice. And then inside my head, what am I saying to myself? I have no idea what this is talking about, right? I have no idea what Someone So we'll say, what's the Pshat? It's not a lack of intellect.
0: Mm.
1: I don't speak that language. I don't speak that language because that's the Torah of Gaula. And the truth is, I was raised on the Torah of Gaulus. And so was my father and my grandfather and my great grandfather for the last 2,000 years. So when we see these sparks, of Torah, hidden Torah, ultimately again, it pulls us in, there's something, there's something that pulls you, there's something that pulls you into it, but I can't really wrap my head around it, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's talking about, and says the Chaban, that's okay, that means, you're just in Mm Gullus, but the point is, there's something in that Torah, that's pulling you towards it, he says, he goes on, we really don't understand it. So we'll stop over here for tonight. But again, it's something I set the table. So Mirza Hashem now, we're turning a corner in the Chalban. Because up until now, the Chalban was teaching us what Golas is, right? Definitions, Pneemius and Chithonius. There was seen Golas and Ge'ula. Father, there was seen Torah of Golas, Torah of Ge'ula. Now the Chalban says, and by the way, two thousand years of reinforced gullus behavior is very difficult to break. That's why when you get exposed to Torah Sanistar, Torah Sanistar, it's it's very it's it's it pulls you in. But I can't wrap my head around it. But says the chaban, now we're going to focus on a session in the future, shiurim is how could we begin to access geula while we are still in gullus? Because Rabbi says if we could do that, if we could do that then in Yeretz Hashem we could turn the tide of Golis into an ocean of Geula. We'll say we should be Zoha. Maybe we'll do one more, uh, one more song for we're mm-hmm. you saying that the Torah is in all Our Torah
0: really is,
1: is in Golis also. So it's hard to the Torah. It's hard to Torah is in Golis. Correct. Just like the Torah you know, says, the ocean is in Golis also. Everything is in Golis.